I would like for you to join me, if you would, in your Bibles today, in the book of Psalms, in the book of Psalms, chapter 91, and I want to say again, thank you for your faithfulness to the house of the Lord. I, uh, I have seen a lot, of, uh, a lot of traffic over the last few days of people that uh, are making jokes out of a lot of things, and this, I guess, has been a, a meme revival for people sending funny pictures back and forth, and uh, I, I do want to say on a serious note that for any that are sick or affected or whatever, this church will continue to pray and, and uh, lift you up before God. And um, we're just believing that the Lord is going to stay, stay the plague and that uh, the hand of the Lord is, is going to rest on us in the days to come. I don't want to be a, uh, I don't want to be a, a downer whatsoever, but I feel like letting you know that uh, since the days of the Messiah, it has been prophesied that there were going to be some things that happened in the end times that we're going to cause men's heart to fail them for fear. And it has to start somewhere. It has to start somewhere. And so uh, I refuse to be one of those men whose hearts fail for fear. But I'm going to stand for the Lord, and I'm going to stand for truth. Amen. And we're going to see God do great and mighty things. I was praying last night. And I said, Lord, if we cancel, tomorrow may be the day that a backslider was on their way to the house of God. If we cancel tomorrow, there may have been somebody that wanted to be baptized in Jesus' name. And so I'm glad you're here today. We're going to have church. Amen. 91 of Psalms, if you would join me there, and we're going to begin at verse number 1. He that dwelleth... In the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. How many Almighties are there? There's only one Almighty. That's the shadow I want to be in today. I will say of the Lord that He is my refuge and my fortress. This is powerful right here. My God. I hope he's my neighbors. But I can't speak for you today. I'm saying to you right now that he is my rock and he is my fortress and my refuge. And he is my God. In him will I trust. I can trust in him when other systems fail. I trust in him. Now... I just want to know, as we read this today, if you believe this word is right. If you believe it, just say amen as we read it. Surely, he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust his truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Now, this is not pastor preaching. This is the word. So, thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night. 
nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness. Somebody say pestilence. Do you know what the word pestilence is? The word pestilence can also be interpreted or defined as plague. The plague that walketh in darkness. Somebody say, oh no. Dark? What are we going to do in the darkness? Let's read it in context. The beginning of verse 5 says, Thou shalt not be afraid. Verse 6, Of the pestilence that walketh in the darkness, nor for the destruction that's in the middle of the day. The noonday. That's why it says the noonday. Dead center in the middle of the day while it's brightest during the day. He said, daytime or nighttime, do not be afraid. Well, the world's going crazy, Pastor. I don't know what to do. Well, a thousand shall fall by thy side. Ten thousand at thy right hand. Somebody read. I think my glasses are dirty. Can, can somebody finish this for me? A thousand. 10,000. But as for me, my trust is in a safe place. It shall not. It shall not. Somebody shout that with me today. It shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. You have made yourself dwell in him. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. I know we've been standing for a while, but here comes the because. Okay? The for, the because. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in most of the places that you go. Oh, see, y'all are preaching. Somebody shouted with me, angels are everywhere. Oh, pastor, fear is everywhere, and so are angels. I believe today that the angels of the Lord have charge over us. They're going to bear you up in their hands so you don't dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread on the lion and the adder and the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. You may be seated. There is a shift in this chapter today that I want to deal with. The psalmist is writing from the perspective of a writer. In verse 11 and verse 12, he's going to give his angels charge over you. They shall bear you up. Thou shalt tread upon the lion, the adder, the young lion, the dragon. Thou shalt trample under his feet. 
Then there is a prophetic twist that all of a sudden the prophet of the Lord begins to prophesy as though the Lord is speaking in first person to his children. Because he hath set his love upon me. Therefore will I deliver him. You see what I'm saying? So the psalmist goes from admonishing us and talking to us and do not fear, do not be afraid. And all of a sudden it's like there's an anointing that comes on him. And he becomes the mouthpiece of God where he is not just saying what the Lord has impressed on him. But rather becomes the mouthpiece of the Lord speaking as an oracle of God. And he says, because he hath set his love upon me, I will deliver him and I will set him on high. Because he hath known my name. That is not the psalmist saying, because you know who I am. He has become a prophet, an oracle of God, the Lord, speaking through his tongue as an oracle saying, I know where you are. I know who you are. I know what's going on in your world. And I will bring deliverance unto you. I want to tell the first Pentecostal church and all that have gathered in this house today that the Lord, he is our rock. But our rock is not like their rock. There is no darkness in the earth that is more powerful than his light. In the book of Genesis, chapter number 1, we begin in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. What's the next verse? What? Darkness? How can there be darkness? God's moving. His Spirit's speaking. The Word is coming to pass. How can there be darkness? Because a precedent is set in the beginning of this precious book that we believe is infallible. That darkness has never stopped him from working. That darkness has never slowed him down. That darkness cannot stop the will of God. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Darkness was there, but God still created. Darkness was present, but God moved. Can I tell you right now that we don't have to be afraid of the darkness that is around us? For we have a God that is not intimidated by darkness. God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was there. But God separates the light from darkness. There is a separation in light and darkness. Who separated it? Oh, so creation didn't separate it. The creator separated it. Listen. All we read in this chapter in the beginning is that darkness was there. 
So if the Lord separated light from darkness, that means in the midst of darkness, He created light and separated to show that His light will always be brighter than the darkness that is around. Don't worry today about what's going to happen in the darkness. There is a God that's able to separate light from darkness. I believe today with all my heart, and again, not trying to in any way make light of what people are going through in our world, but I believe with all of my heart that if there's anybody that has no reason to fear, it is a child of God that has been filled with the Holy Ghost, that has been baptized in Jesus' name. Somebody shout darkness. So, I want, I want to kind of deal with something right here from a biblical level that I think may help somebody understand. Psalms 91, Psalm 91, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, I did a Bible study a couple years ago proving, I believe, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that the secret place is a person, not, not a geographical location. I believe the secret place of the Most High is prophetic of of Jesus Christ. I believe that Jesus Christ is the place that we dwell in. He is the, the, the name of the Lord, is a strong and mighty tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. I believe that the name being revealed is the safe place for us to hide. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. But I also think that there's something powerful that we can draw from the Scripture to help us understand in Psalms chapter 18 and verse number 11 that darkness has never stopped him. In Psalm, the 18th chapter and the 11th verse, I want to show you something. Now, 90, 91 and 1 said, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. 18 and 11, He made darkness His secret place. He made darkness his secret place. Are you getting what I'm saying? He that dwelleth in the secret place. But he made darkness his secret place. Do you understand when I tell you today that the secret place is a place that you've got to walk by faith? If it was daylight all the time, it wouldn't cost me anything to walk with the Lord. If I could see every step I was going to take in the mid-daylight, it wouldn't be faith. It's not faith if it doesn't cost me something. If it's going to be faith, it's going to be because I walk when it's dark. He hath made darkness a secret place. And he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow. Not in the light. In the shadow. Think about the language of this. Shadow. You know what a shadow is? A shadow is cast when something gets between the light and the darker place. When the angle is right and you stand between the sun and the earth, the, the, the sun is brighter than the earth. And so when you get in between the sun and the earth, it casts a shadow. So if I'm in the shadow of the Almighty, do you know what that means? That I'm underneath what's standing between light and dark. 
If I'm under the shadow of the Almighty, that means that I choose to dwell in a place where he is standing between me and darkness. He is standing there. There is a power of knowing that I don't have to see him to trust him, that I don't have to know where I'm going to know that if he says to move, I can move. I will not be afraid of the arrow by day, and I will not be afraid of the terror by night. Will not. I have come in the name of Jesus on this Sunday morning to attack and to stand up against the spirit of fear that has tried to grip the hearts of this nation. It has tried to grip the hearts of the people of God. And I'm declaring to you, this has absolutely nothing to do with a pandemic. It has everything to do with the power of Jesus' name. And I'm declaring on the authority of the word of God as I stand before this church today in Jesus' name we drive back every spirit of fear we drive back every spirit of doubt we drive back every spirit of confusion and we declare in the name of Jesus that you don't have to be weighed down by that I declare in Jesus name that you can be free of that right now our president declared that today would be a national day of prayer and I'm telling you, you'd have to find me dead before I'd let the rest of the world call on the name of the Lord for me and in my place. I'm declaring to you right now that the apostolic church ought to rise up to this occasion and declare in Jesus' name that if anybody's going to drive back the forces of hell, it's going to be the people of the name. I will not be afraid of the darkness, for he shall be a light unto me. I will not. I will not. Somebody shout, I will not. I will not be afraid of the darkness. I have a, a, a commentary book set, whatever you want to call it. It's a pretty well known. A lot of pastors have it in their library. It's called uh, Handfuls on Purpose. And in Handfuls on Purpose, there was a, a section, some neat, neat reading about the fear knots of the Bible. And uh, a man by the name of Lee is writing this particular section. And he said that one day he was walking through a conservatory with a friend of his. And he said that, he said, my attention was drawn to a flower uh, that was completely, a small plant that was completely covered by a flower pot. And his friend looked at him, he said, do you know why I have put this slip in darkness? And he said, it is because I want it to strike a deeper root. He said, the darkness was of necessity for this type of plant. He said, the others have just existed in the daylight of the greenhouse in the conservatory. He said, but this is the kind of plant that thrives in the darkness. He said, the darker I can keep it, the deeper its roots go. Can I tell you right now the reason why I don't have to fear the darkness around me is because I've got some roots. I've got some roots that are deeper than fear. I've got some roots that are deeper than condemnation. I've got some, hey, I feel the Holy Ghost in here right now. I've got 
got roots that go deeper than pandemics and epidemics. I've got roots that go deeper than sickness. I've got roots that go deeper than sorrow and trouble and dismay and being disheartened. I'm here to tell you that there is hope in the word of God. There is hope in the name of Jesus. There is healing in the name of Jesus. I believe that if he can heal a leper, he can heal a coronavirus. I believe if he can heal a heart attack, he I believe he can heal sugar diabetes. I believe he's a healer. Somebody said, what are you going to do if it keeps breaking out, Pastor? I'll tell you what I want to do. I want to set up prayer lines. I want this to be a healing center. I want people to walk in here sick and go home healed. You hear what I'm telling you today? I feel bold as a lion, but we've got to walk in the boundaries of the Word of God. But you hear what I'm saying to you today? We're either going to come to the place that we authentically and undoubtedly believe this scripture and every single page of it or we don't believe any of it. And I am standing here to declare to you that's the reason I'm living right. That's the reason I'm walking in truth. That's the reason I've been called by his name because I believe that he will stay the place. Sounds awful arrogant, Pastor, for you to say to your church family and give them some kind of false hope that because they are Christians that God is going to stay it back. I've got more scripture for what I'm standing on than you do for what you're saying. I've come to tell you tonight that when the plagues were destroying the Egyptians and the plagues were all over Egypt, even that last night of the Passover and what became what we know as the Passover, there was one thing, two things rather, that made a difference in the house of a child of God. And that was that they were covered by the blood and they were full of the lamb. You know what I think we ought to do in times like this? I believe we ought to get covered in the blood and full of the lamb. You don't have to believe me today, but it's the truth anyway. And I'm declaring to you that the blood is still more powerful than anything in this world. Oh, Shandarabahaya. Oh, somebody shout hallelujah. Well, pastor, I'm no stranger to the darkness. Neither is he. And John, in John chapter 1, in the beginning, somebody say beginning. There's only one beginning. It's the same beginning as Genesis 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. But I like verse number 5. The light shine into darkness. The darkness comprehended it not. So, what this verse tells me is that the darkness was there before the light came. But the light shined into darkness. Mm. Isn't it amazing? You can take Genesis 1 and John 1 and start comparing them and darkness was up on the face of the deep. But God separated light from darkness. He said, I don't care about the darkness. My light's bright enough. The light shined in the darkness. 
When I was a boy, I used to hear it preached. The light shined into darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. That meant that people didn't comprehend in their minds who he really was. But in the context of this scripture, comprehension is not the word. Comprehending in the mind is not the word here. The word comprehended is actually could not apprehend it. The light shined into darkness. Look it up for yourself. In a strong concordance, the, the, the clear definition of the word here that they use to translate from Greek to English, but the word is the darkness apprehended it not. The darkness could not get its hand on it and stop it. The light shined into darkness, but the darkness could not apprehend it. There was something so powerful about the light that when the darkness tried to apprehend it, the light just kept on shining. The reports kept on coming, but the light kept on shining. The sickness kept on coming. Darkness was everywhere, but the light, hey, hallelujah, the light could not be apprehended by the darkness. Light, light shined into darkness and the light did not go away because darkness was there. Understand order. The light did not go away because darkness was there. The light came because darkness was there. You can look this up for yourself. I want to tell you what this word is. The word, you're going to find it in your Strong's, uh, in your Strong's Dictionary, if you look for it, it comes from uh, G2596 and G1983. You can go look for it uh, if that's what you want to do. But this is what the word literally means in the Strong's. To take eagerly, that is to seize and to possess, to apprehend, to attain, to come upon, to comprehend, to find, obtain, perceive, to take over or overtake. Understand the language of this scripture is by far more powerful of a story than to try to promote a doctrine that said he, the light shined, but people just couldn't comprehend who he was. Oh, no, 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 no. He is by far more powerful than that. It's not that the people could comprehend his power. It's that the darkness, they could couldn't take over his power. The, eh, the darkness tried to overtake him. The darkness tried to outshine him. But darkness will never outshine his light. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Oh, man. Would you lift your hands to Jesus right now? I feel him in this place. Thy word, O Lord, is a lamp unto my feet, and it is a light unto my pathway. Why would I need a lamp and a light if it's not dark? Am I helping anybody here right now? I'm saying the whole world right now is trying to figure out a way to celebrate darkness, apparently. Oh, my God. What are we going to do? I'm going to do the same thing I did yesterday. The same thing I did the day before. I'm going to wake up every day and say, this is the day that the Lord hath made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. I will not fear the arrow by day or the terror by night. I'm going to stand up every day in my life and say, Lord, you've been good to me. 
I don't want to make this Sunday about what's, what's going on, but it's kind of, an, it's kind of an, an, an inevitable thing, easy for me to say. It's kind of inevitable. I know it's on the minds of people, but I need to redraw some perspective right here, okay? Okay? Pastor, you guys just act so crazy. You act like it's not real. No, nobody's acting like it's not real. What are you going to do when we get sick and die? Okay, now let, let, let me redraw your perspective for you. I'm going to say something right here that I don't believe is going to happen at all. But if it does, it does. I don't believe that this virus can kill me. I don't. But what I'm saying to you is if that's the worst threat I can get, that is not a reason for confusion. It's a reason for rejoicing. to go to heaven. I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm going to draw my last breath in this earth, and I'm going to wake up on a street of gold. I'll be in the city where the Lamb is alive. I've got plans to go. God, I feel something in here today. I will not fear. I will not fear. If the worst thing you can do is promise me death, I receive it in the name of Jesus. I will live and will not die. But if I die on this earth, I will live forevermore. Do you know that before there was a CDC in Washington, D.C., there was a CDC in the book of Acts. What's that, Pastor? It's the Center for Disease Control. It is the blood of Jesus. And in the book of Acts, he gave us power, the dunamis as a body of Christ, to be witness to him all over the earth. I'm not going to be a fool. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to protect my family. But in the meantime, I'm going to be bold as a lion. And I'm going to tell the enemy... You will not bring fear on this church. You will not bring fear on my family. You will not make me fear. I choose hope. So pastor, what are you going to do if somebody comes to this church and says, I've been diagnosed with it. I'm going to take my hand and I'm going to put it on their head. And I'm going to declare in the name of Jesus that I had authority over that thing before it walked in here. And I'm going to have authority over it when it leaves. While some of us are standing around waiting on the rest of these people that are bold and declaring the power of Jesus to get their doctrine right. The Holy Ghost is saying, well, you've got your doctrine right, but I'm not really sure you believe I am who I say I am. Well, you act like you're Jesus Christ or something. You're not Jesus. He prayed, he prayed for lepers. <laughs> you know, I'm really glad you brought that up. 
Because a great apostle said that you would let that same mind be in you. Which also was in Christ Jesus. Who thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Now I don't know what you claim the Holy Ghost is in your life. But for me the Holy Ghost is literally the Spirit of God living within me. It is the Spirit of Christ. I'm not a germaphobe, but I don't like to think about this, so I'm just going to like say it and get it out of here. But I want to tell you, before this thing ever came along, I was grossed out by airplanes. They're nasty. If you have ever traveled across this great country and used any of our rest areas, you are more than likely resistant to any virus. If you have ever used a restroom at 35,000 feet after people have been on, this, on the plane for 16 hours... No sickness can come nigh unto thee, my friend. I just try to hold it for 18 hours if I have to. Because when you come out of there, got the heebie-jeebies on you. Start asking the stewards, y'all got showers on here? My wife and I were coming home from, uh, from Hawaii, and we got to Seattle and it was like 6.15 a.m. And the Delta Sky Club opened at 6. So there was a really, really good chance, Brother Joe, that I was going to be the first one to stand in that shower since it had been disinfected. We, le- we walked off of that plane. I went straight for the Sky Club. I did not pass go. I did not collect $200. They beeped my phone. Boop. And I walked, through, I, didn't, I walked to the desk where the shower person was supposed to be, and they weren't there. So I walked straight to the shower and opened the door and walked in and locked the door. And I got me a shower. I believe it. It's a good thing. But I want to preach a principle to you right now. I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to make you into a bunch of heroes. I want to make you into a child of God. And I want you to understand that we have people in the medical field that work in this church. They work in the vineyard, and they work in hospitals. Every day of their lives, they're exposed to disease. We have school teachers that are exposed to disease. We have daycare workers that are exposed to disease. You can go into the hospital to get your appendix taken out and leave with MRSA. It's everywhere. So what I'm going to ask you is, are you just now going to start trusting God, or have you been trusting God forever? Last year, I was in South Africa and began to think about the history of that place and the mighty moves of God that had come like people connected. My, my lifetime were Brother and Sister Freeman, Sister Nona Freeman, powerful, powerful people, did great things. But years ago, in the late 20s and early 30s, there was a man named John G. Lake that was working in South Africa. Uh, John Lake claimed to be Pentecostal. He actually had an apostolic fellowship in, uh, in South Africa that he was the head of. I don't know for sure 
that Brother Lake was completely on with all of his doctrines uh, fully. I, I, I don't know for sure. I know when he came back to the States, it was a different kind of an atmosphere. And John Lake started setting up rooms that he called healing rooms for people to come by and be healed. And there was a lot of criticism that came to the ministry of John G. Lake for setting up places for people to get healed. But when you'd been through what he had been through, you have to understand his boldness. So all the people are being critical and saying, this is stupid, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't set this up. But in the midst of criticism, people were coming to those healing rooms and they were being healed. So I don't really have a good answer for you other than I need to increase my faith. But he preached a principle that he called the law of life. Founded in deep biblical roots of of true faith. of, Of believing that when you are filled with the Holy Ghost. That there is life in you. And that God is not finished. You will not die until you have finished your mandate. And when God is done with you. It don't matter whether you fight it or not. When God's done with you, he's done with you. You know how much pressure that would take off of us? Instead of being afraid every day, this is my day. Just say, God, when you're finished with me, I'm done. And I can't change it if you're done with me today, but I'm, I'm just, I'm here. When you're finished, you're finished. Can I read something to you without boring you to death? He said, this is John G. Lake speaking. He said, now watch the action of the law of life. He said, faith belongs to the law of life. Faith is the very opposite of fear. Faith has the opposite effect in spirit and soul and body. Somebody say body. He said, faith causes the spirit of a man to become confident, not arrogant. It causes the mind of a man to become restful and positive. Let's get real right here. Anybody in here the last few days, the spirit of fear has tried to keep you awake? You're not going to be judged. You don't have to believe this. I'm telling you what the man said. He said, a positive mind repels disease. Consequently, the emanation of the spirit destroys disease germs. And because we were in contact with the spirit of life, I and a little Dutch fellow with me went out and buried many of the people who had died from the bubonic plague. He said, we went into homes and carried them out. We dug graves and put them in. Sometimes we would put three or four in one grave. We never took the disease. Why? Because of the knowledge of the law of life in Christ Jesus protects us. That law was working. Because of the fact that a man, by that action of his will, puts himself purposefully in contact with God, faith takes possession of his heart and the condition of his nature. Somebody say nature. The condition of his nature is changed. Instead of being fearful, he is full of faith. Instead of being absorbent and drawing everything to himself, his spirit repels sickness and disease. The spirit of Christ Jesus flows through the whole being and emanates through the hands, the heart, and from every pore of the body. During that great plague that I mentioned, they sent a government ship with supplies and corpse of doctors. One of the doctors sent for me and said, I quote, What have you been using to protect yourself? 
Our court has this preventative and that preventative, which we use as protection. But we concluded that if a man could stay on the ground as you have and keep ministering to the sick and burying the dead, you must have a secret. So what is it? I answered, I quote, Brother, that is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. I believe as long as I keep my soul in contact with the living God so that His Spirit is flowing into my soul and body that no germ will ever attach itself to me for the Spirit of God will kill it. The doctor asked, he said, don't you think that you had better use our preventatives? I replied, no, but doctor, I think that you would like to experiment with me. So if you will... Go to one of these dead people and take the foam that comes out of their lungs after death. Then put it under a microscope and you will see masses of living germs. You will find that they are alive until a reasonable time after a man is dead. Then you can fill my hand with the same foam. And, and, and I will keep it under the microscope. And instead of these germs remaining alive, they will die instantly. So the doctors took foam out of a dead corpse and tested it and it was full of the disease they took the foam and they placed it in the hand of that missionary and he stuck his hand underneath the microscope and the foam that they had just tested was completely dead and lifeless because he said I believe in the law of life in Jesus I'm not saying to you we ought to be disease chasers what I'm saying to you is if the disease comes I believe in the law of life and in the end time, I'm not going to let fear make me sit down and shut up. I will have revival. I will see the greatest revival that I've ever seen. He turned to that doctor and he said, just suppose on the other hand that my soul had been under the law of death and I were in fear and darkness. He said, doctor, the very opposite would have been true. In other words, what Brother Lake was saying is whatever lives in me is what causes what happens on the outside of me. He said, if death lives in me, then I let death live. But if life lives in me, then life lives. I've come to tell you, if you've got the Holy Ghost today, you are full of life. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, you better get the Holy Ghost. I say this in, in a hurry. I'm, I'm trying to close. I want you to listen to what your pastor's telling you today. God has been trying to get the North American church off cruise control for a long time. I have to be very careful how I say this because I don't want to sound offensive whatsoever. But I, I want to say it like this and be very, very clear and adamant about what I'm saying. And I will say it unapologetically. If your church is nothing less than a house of entertainment, then I wouldn't blame you for canceling. And I'm not saying because somebody canceled that they are. Please don't, don't misquote me. I trust the judgment of every pastor as they make the call. I'm saying... If this house did nothing but entertain people and make them feel comfortable, I don't mind canceling. But if you believe that you've got the only answer that's going to fix this world, then I think we ought to be here declaring the power of God.
The Lord said that when he returned to the earth, he was going to be looking for one, one thing in his people. I'm not talking about his bride. We know that he's coming back for the bride, but he's not looking for his bride. He's coming back for a bride that hath made herself ready without spot or blemish. But he's not looking for us because he knows where we are. But he asked this one question. He said, when I return, will I find faith in the earth? Will I find faith? But what I'm declaring to this congregation today is that the Lord, when he comes back, I believe, you don't have to believe this, this is my belief. I believe that the Lord is going to come back in the darkest time this world has ever known. It's going to be very, very dark. But what he's wanting to know is, is in the darkness will I find faith. Do you think by chance... James, John, Peter, Philip, Andrew. Do you think they ever felt like the end of the world was coming? You think? You know, it was said of one of them. They hung him on a cross and crucified him. But he died slowly like the Messiah on the cross. They said that he actually hung there for two full days, almost three days, if I understand correctly, before he actually died. And they said, Brother Gray, they said that as he hung on that cross, his lungs were filling up with fluid. That as people in the public streets walked past his cross for a two or three day period without dying, they said with all of the strength that he could muster up in his voice that he preached to passers-by until he took his last breath. Can you imagine? My lungs are filling up. It's almost over. But there's still room for a message. Repent. Repent. Just shut up. You're about to die. Just quit. Just quit. 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 Stop. Stop preaching. Stop. Don't preach anymore. Don't preach anymore. You don't understand. I have a mandate. As long as there's breath. <laughs> Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. John Baptist lost his head. They say Peter refused to be crucified right side up because he wasn't worthy to die like Jesus. So they turn him upside down. What are you going to do when it really all comes down to whether or not we believe this book the way we say we believe this book? Can I tell you what I believe? I don't believe that we're really there, there yet. I think this is a trial run. I think there's some things going on in the earth that we don't fully understand right now that only time will reveal. But I'm going to tell you this. We've got it in the Word of God that there is coming a day that He's going to separate the wheat from the chaff. And all I'm saying is, 
When he brings in the wheat and he brings in the chaff, I know where I want to be. Because the chaff, he's going to burn it up. And the fan of the word of God is going to begin to flame that. It's going to blow across that flame. And he's going to burn it up. But he said, the wheat, I'm going to gather it up and take it into my barn. Let me break it down for you like this. It's heaven or it's hell. It's saved or it's lost. And in this end time, I want to be sure that when the saints go marching in, I'm in that number. I may die afraid, but I'll die with faith. I may die weak, but I'm going to die strong. Because in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. Let's stand. I believe that God is trying to wake up the body of Christ. When he comes looking for me, I don't want him to have to look very far. I don't want him to have to look any further than the secret, the secret place, because that's where I'm staying. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty God. If you would today, I want you to raise your hands to the Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, I believe today, Lord, that your spirit has been drawing lines in this house. Lord, we refuse to be intimidated. We, we refuse to allow the powers of darkness to speak fear into our minds. I declare in Jesus' name that we will be whole, that we will have faith. That we will find rest in the name of Jesus. That everywhere the sole of our foot treads. That there will be miracle signs and wonders. That the world will look to us and see that by your spirit and by the power of your name and the power of your blood. You have called us out of darkness. And there is a difference between us and them. I pray, Lord, that before the setting of the sun in this earth, that your name would be glorified through your church. Oh, great God, that we would show men the power of the Holy Ghost, not by enticing words of men's wisdom, but in demonstration and in power. Grant it to us, Almighty God, that when you come back to the earth to find faith, that you find me in that number. We will be faithful, oh God, until that great and terrible day when you call us home to be with you. But until then, we're going to walk by faith and we're going to war by faith. We're going to live in the Spirit and war in the Spirit and pray in the Spirit.